What's the difference between normal worry and abnormal anxiety? That's what we're going to look at today on Quick Counsel. Welcome to the Quick Counsel podcast, where we will give you a simple and practical understanding of counseling issues and how they might apply to your life. Here's your host, Pastoral Counselor Brett Legg. Anxiety is that unpleasant feeling of uncertainty or fear over what we can't see or over what might happen. It's fearful response to a what if. Now, occasionally, anxiety is a normal part of life. We'll all have some times when anxiety is present. Times like before a major exam in school, or when it's the day of your wedding, or when you're starting a brand new job, or waiting for the results of a biopsy, when it's way past curfew and your child isn't home yet, or when you're going through a death or a divorce. These things will produce normal anxiety in us. And it's the type of anxiety that can be beneficial to us because it leads us to prepare properly for stressful or potentially dangerous situations. But anxiety can cross a line and become maladaptive or disordered or abnormal, if you will. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, an estimated 31% of people will experience some sort of anxiety disorder in their lifetime. This is anxiety that is not normal or healthy. It's an anxiety that interferes with life and hinders life. The problem is the symptoms to abnormal anxiety and the symptoms to normal anxiety can be very similar. Feelings of nervousness and restlessness or tension. Having a sense of danger. Having increased heart rate. Breathing rapidly. Hyperventilating at worst. Sweating or trembling or feeling weak or tired trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than the present worry, having trouble sleeping, experiencing GI problems, having difficulty controlling the worry, having an urge to avoid things that trigger your anxiety. You see, some of those symptoms are the same for normal anxiety and abnormal anxiety. So if you want to determine whether your worry is normal anxiety or abnormal anxiety, you need to look at the following things. One, you need to look at the triggers. What triggers your anxiety? If you find your anxiety is triggered by everyday things that others would consider normal, then your anxiety may be abnormal for the situation. If your anxiety is triggered over very specific things like crowds, flying, germs, close spaces, etc., etc., you may have what's commonly referred to as a phobia. A very heightened state of anxiety associated with a very specific yet normal thing. But some people are not triggered by anything in particular. Their anxiety is more general in nature. It's termed general anxiety disorder. It's kind of like a low-grade anxiety that just seems to stick with you no matter what the situation. Now, if any of these are the case for you, your anxiety may have crossed over from normal to problematic. Also look at the validity People who struggle with disordered anxiety are typically anxious over invalid or unwarranted things. For example, if an electrician tells you that the wiring in your current house is faulty and puts your house at risk of burning down at any moment, your anxiety was going to be warranted. But if you move into a brand new house that's passed all the electrical inspections and you're still experiencing this extreme anxiety over your house burning down, then that's probably abnormal anxiety. Now, when your anxiety is peaking, whatever you're anxious about may seem warranted. 
That's why you need people in your life who can help you be objective about the thing you're anxious about. Also look at the intensity. Any anxiety will come with some physiological responses, and those responses range from mild to problematic. But when your anxiety becomes so intense that you feel like you can't breathe, or you're dizzy, or your heart feels like you're having a heart attack, or you begin to sweat, or you desperately need to leave the situation you're in, then you're having an extreme, intense anxiety commonly referred to as a panic attack. The more intense your anxiety, the more it indicates that your anxiety is abnormal or disordered. Also look at the intrusion. When your anxiety is normal, you can acknowledge it, you can take any steps you need to address it, and then you move on with life and it dissipates. But when your anxiety has crossed the line into disorder or abnormal anxiety, then it interferes with your life. It intrudes into not just your thoughts, but also into your behaviors and your relationships. So if you find your anxiety is getting in the way of you having a full and enjoyable life, then it's probably abnormal and needs to be addressed. One more thing you want to look at is you want to look at the length of the anxiety. Anxiety that's normal tends to be intermittent. It comes when there's a legitimate need for it, and then it goes away when that legitimate reason is addressed. Anxiety that is abnormal tends to linger. It's steady. It sticks with you. It keeps coming back time and time again. And sometimes it just never leaves. It's, again, like a low-grade temp. The longer your anxiety hangs on and the more frequently it keeps coming back, the higher probability it is that your anxiety is abnormal. So, if you're experiencing abnormal or disordered anxiety, what can you do about it? Well, first, learn some techniques. You can learn some techniques like interruption. Sometimes I'll tell people to put a really thick rubber band around their wrist, and when they find themselves getting really anxious for no reason, to pull that rubber band back and pop their wrist as hard as they can. That will kind of interrupt that cycle. Or find yourself getting anxious and then mentally yelling in your head, stop, anything to interrupt the cycle of anxiety. Another thing you can do as far as a technique is learn to distract your anxiety. Now, I'm not talking about avoiding it or acting like it's not there. I'm just talking about redirecting your energies, maybe into exercise or doing something you love or going out with friends. You can also postpone it as another technique. Sometimes I will tell people, I want you to postpone your worry and your anxiety until a specific time in the evening. That's your worry time. And then you sit down and pull out a notebook about all the things you need to worry about, and you worry about them in that specific time. I know it may sound silly, but it is really very effective to postpone your anxiety till a specific time. Another technique and a very popular technique and a very powerful technique is the technique of mindfulness. It's where you learn to slow and focus on your breathing. You, you focus on the here and now, what you hear, what you feel, your thoughts. Allow your thoughts to flow and eventually slow without fixating on them, without judging them. And eventually use one central thought to gradually and consistently calm your mind and bring your thoughts back to center, like repeating a verse of scripture or a mantra or something. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a book that I would recommend to be helpful to you when it comes to mindfulness. And another technique you can use is to rely on your spirituality and your faith. If you're a follower of the Christian faith, Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 through 7 says this, Do not be anxious about 
anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That passage goes on to tell us how to redirect our thoughts and how to redirect our behaviors rather than be anxious. And another passage in the New Testament is 1 Peter 5, 7 that tells us to cast all of our anxiety on him, on God. Why? Because he cares for you. So your faith can be a great thing to lean into in times of anxiety. And there are other techniques you might find helpful to decrease your anxiety, but if your efforts and your techniques don't help, then you need to move to the next step, and that is to see a counselor or a pastor. As much as we want to fix things ourselves, as much as we don't like relying on others, there are times when you need others to help you see and think through things that you're unable to work through on your own. Seeing a pastor or a counselor can help you crack the code of what's going on. They can also provide the encouragement and accountability that's often needed when we're struggling with anxiety. If seeing a counselor or a pastor doesn't do it, then you may need to progress to the next one and you may need to see a physician and possibly you might need meds. There may be times when your anxiety is so overwhelming and entrenched that it will take more than just your own efforts or the help of a counselor to help you get unstuck. If that's the case, you may need to talk to your physician. Be open and honest with them. Explain exactly what's going on and what you've tried to take care of it. Tell the physician about any concerns you have about medication and work closely with them on next steps. And if your physician believes that you could benefit from medication, do your best to give that medication a consistent good faith try. Anxiety is a complicated issue. We can't cover everything about anxiety in this short podcast, but hopefully, if you're struggling with anxiety, we've given you enough to give you some guidance on how you can proceed from here. Anxiety doesn't have to rule and run your life. With some work and some effort and some help, you can rule over it. As always, we're glad you joined us today and we hope you found it helpful. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. You can find more from me at brettleg.com. That's one T, two G's. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So until the next episode of Quick Counsel, I hope your week goes wonderfully well. Thanks for joining us today for Quick Counsel. This podcast is meant to give you a simple understanding of counseling issues and is in no way intended as a substitute for professional counseling or therapy. If you feel you need further help, please contact a local counselor, therapist, or physician. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us for the next episode of Quick Counsel.